Hi, nerds. It's Michael Moore, and I'm here with Travis Pierce, Director of Information Technology at Tillamook County Creamery Association. Welcome to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Hey, Travis, how's it going? Great. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing really good. Um, the uh, As the audience is aware, we do a, a quick icebreaker segment called uh, Random Access Memories. The idea here is I ask a question, you respond back with the answer that comes to your head first. So your first question mm-hmm. is... Back in the day, what was your favorite computer-based music player application? Ooh. I don't know if I'm going far enough back, but uh, I loved Napster. I was sad to see it go. <laughs> That's necessarily a player. But, um, I tried to avoid like the Apple products, I think, as long as I could and then switch to them. So I had all kinds of different like older MP3 players. Um, some of them made by sports companies, and some of them just random. <laughs> it's amazing now that it, that's just, we just kind of moved past that, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, onto the other apps. Um, what do you uh, wish everyone understood about IT? Oh, that's a great one. Um, I think I think probably the thing that comes to mind first is that <clears throat> there's a lot of really good business people in IT. Um, that, uh, that, that drive a lot of, uh, a lot of benefit for companies, whether it's through automation or just, you know, clear data to, to make decisions. Um, but it's, uh, a, a lot of us have like a really good base of, uh, business knowledge to, uh, to apply the technology. I'd say, I mean, it's a great question. That's a great piece. I think we'll explore that a little bit later about the business knowledge, but yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're hundred percent accurate on that. Um, and uh, if you had the opportunity to name a search engine, what would you name it? Help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone, you better it seems run. like I'm always going there to get help. So. You better run, copyright that, because someone's <laughs> going to steal that from you, right? <laughs> That's the primary usage for me, whether it's, yeah, whether it's in IT or I'm trying to figure out how to fix something on my motorhome. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, um, I, I want to start off here. I was, uh, you know, looking at your LinkedIn, figuring out what you do. And there's not a lot on there that uh, tells me a lot about what you do, which means I'm just going to ask you more questions. Um, that, that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a, you know, I'm not a good marketing person then. <laughs> yeah. So the, the question that I'm going to ask, the first one I think I'm going to ask you is, uh, uh, listen, I, all I know about Tillamook is cheese. So tell me, what does Tillamook County Creamery Association do? Sure. Yeah. So we, yeah, we're a, we're a dairy CPG, consumer products company. Um, we're, we're pretty vertical though. So yeah, our cheese is our flagship. That's our, that's our mainstay product, all various different um, kinds of cheeses, but our, our cheddar is, uh, is the, the most popular, but we, we also make ice cream. Um, you should be seeing some of this more, uh, more distributed across the country because we started a big push to do that um, about three years ago. But we also make uh, yogurt. We have cream cheese. We have... Um, <coughs> Travis, have, Travis yeah. you're, you're making me hungry, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to... You can only see like this part of me for a reason. Since <laughs> I started working here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but various other uh, dairy products um, that, that have the Tillamook brand on them. So, um, but we're a, a farmer-owned co-op 
um, <clears throat> which is a little unique um, and makes it a lot of fun here. So our, you know, our, our, our dairy farmers own the company. Um, so they are the members of our board. And of course we have some executives and some board advisors that our CEOs pulled in from uh, um, larger companies also. So, yeah. It's, you know, th- this is, is, is amazing too, because, you know, I get a lot of um, questions about uh, uh, folks that, you know, they talk about IT and, and, and they reference in these tech companies and they reference the different stuff. But um, in uh, working with uh, uh, different businesses, I've, I've just learned, uh, you know, the IT needs in all different companies, including dairy companies, uh, um, which I've actually uh, um, done IT uh, uh, for a dairy company before. And it is a um, it's interesting because you what it's not the first thing you think about when you think of a dairy company needing so much IT and work, but uh, but it definitely is a thing, and it definitely is a um, uh, you know a pretty big deal. Let's talk about Tillamook's um, you know IT needs and uh, and what you do specifically in there to help you know. Um, uh, uh, you know, move their company forward. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I could probably start by answer. I, I've worked some, I've, I've kind of like had a, a career where I've always worked at a place where I'm really passionate about the products and worked for some great Northwest brands, Warren industries, they make off-road products, Leatherman tool group, they make the handheld folding tools. Um, and I thought those were complicated businesses and okay, I'm, I'm going to Tillamook, you know, how, how complicated could milk be in processing milk? It is super complicated. We've had people that have come in from high tech companies in here and been like, whoa, this is, this is really, really a complex business. You know, a lot of different and various partners, but. Um, can you, can you I, give us a quick example of, um, uh, of the complexity? Yeah. A lot of it, like just take like uh Boy, I don't want to make the conversation boring, but just inventory. So if you're, you, you have trucks going around to dairy farms. Um, yeah, sorry, I had a call. <laughs> no worries. Sorry. Um, you have trucks going around collecting milk from dairy farms. So they'll go to five dairy farms. It all goes in one tank. Each one of those farms, they got to test that milk because that's how we pay the farmers is based on the, the protein and the fat, <clears throat> you know, the components inside the milk. That milk goes to our factory, gets put in a humongous silo. So tracking that inventory is is, is super complicated because it's a you know it's a raw material that's liquid based. Um, we got to keep track of the component trees, and it all gets kind of mixed together and then standardized before we we send it through to the next step to make cheese. And sorry to jump in here, but I'm wildly curious about this stuff, and I don't want to lose my train of thought. Is this a uh, um is this application, uh, you know, it goes into, is it a proprietary application or there are, are, are there like third party, uh, dairy programs? I don't know the answer. To that. Um, there, there are, we, uh, we use one of them that's third party, um, that, that we use to, to track that componentry in order to pay our farmers okay. based on the quality of the, and the volume of the milk. Wow. <clears throat> then we have like kind of more of this, you know, common commercial systems for, for ERP, we do have a manufacturing execution system that uh, that also integrates with the lab system that we have um, that also keeps track of the of the um, the quality of the the products that we make. But then it also uh, it also maintains a, a database of the quality of the milk that comes in. So um, and then we have uh, then the other side of it, like into the into the supply chain is, um, <clears throat> you know, our footprints in the northwest, but we're distributing across the, the country now. So we 
we do a lot of work with co-manufacturers, um, third-party uh, warehouses um, to get the product to, you know, that last mile to, to, to customers like Publix and Kroger, Costco. Right. right. Um, so there's a lot of, a uh, lot of transactions that, that go behind that. Mm-hmm. It has the, um, has the, uh, uh, supply chain, uh, um, been a, been a thorn in your side recently? Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, we've been able to kind of manage our way through it, but there's been, um, there's been all kinds of things like the, the, the one that's kind of top of mind is like packaging. There's been a, a packaging shorter on like a certain kind of resin that we use in some of our products. So that's, that's affected some of our fill rates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it has the, you know, and then there's just the, the inf- inflation, um, you know, milk is fed- federally regulated and the price is really high right now. Right. So that, that puts a strain on our business. Then of course, you know, the gas prices, that trickles down from your, from your freight companies, um, you know, with surcharges and those kind of things. So, mm-hmm. so, so with these pressures, uh, that have been put on that industry, um, I, you know, I, I would imagine that you, that, you know, maybe your, your team has been looking towards you, uh, as a way to figure out a way to, uh, you know, do some transformation, get, uh, do some, uh, uh, improvements and stuff and, and help, uh, help them be more productive. Uh, and efficient. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, oh, definitely. So we, we've had some, some wins and some challenges with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of the wins has just been communications. That's been, that's been a really big win for us. We're, uh, we're, we're using Microsoft Teams and Zoom. Um, just kind of use it where it makes sense, right? right. Um, both of those systems. So we've been able to keep the company connected that way. And then like some of the more challenging things is we, we had a full system, you know, multiple systems that we, uh, that we uh, decommissioned and went with new systems back in uh, 2019 and then COVID hit. So, and then the demand just spiked because the country was stockpiling, right? Stockpiling cheese, stockpiling (laughs) ice cream, right? (laughs) Um, So that was a little challenging that with that happening four months after, after our go live. So we, we spent a good year, stabilizing and optimizing those systems. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet, I bet that yeah. was a, a, a major challenge. Now, when, when you are in a mode like this, so you start off, hey, we're going to do a tech transformation, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, the world experiences an event that is unprecedented, right? Completely spikes your, uh, and this, you know, this was a... Um, you know, the, every different business was, it came differently. Right. But, uh, uh, such a staple, such as dairy, I, you know, went through the roof, right. Supply chain also having problems at the same time, creates such a, a giant mess. How do you sort through that? How do you step in and say, guys, this is what we need to focus on. Let's identify what challenges we have let's pick these apart and let's start fixing them one by one. How do you manage that communication both, uh, you know, uh, in every different way, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you got communication coming from the executives. You've got communication mm-hmm. coming from your clients. You've got communication coming from your team, uh, from the, from the, uh, uh, different departments. And I imagine different, um, farmers, right? So, you know, so, 
how do you manage all that and then put together a plan and stay on track for uh, what seems to be a, a, a successful tech transformation? Yeah, we, I, I, you know, I would start by just one word. It's people um, and people in IT, certainly, but people, people, uh, the employees at Tillamook really just rallied around um, everything within our business, whether it was technology, customers, um, partners or suppliers, and just uh, there was a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours to get through that. Um, but it was really, I, I speak less about the, the technology that we put in and more about the people. So we, we have, you know, we, we, we have partnerships with everybody that we work with in our, in our company. Um, and that's how we prioritize. And a lot of the prioritization <clears throat> in 2020, and it continued into 2021, and we're still focused on it. Mm-hmm. IT always automates. So it's automation. Okay, how do we how do we take the the labors and the clicks out of the system um, in order to make things easier to whether it's just you know processing an order or a shipment um, or, or a production order to make cheese that that was a lot of the focus. So, I mean, that, you know, it's interesting to bring up people because um, I have found that, uh, and and especially talking to people uh, over and over again. Uh, people always comes up as a uh, as a uh, um, a defining moment of whether or not a project is successful or not, right? And um, and I can't stress how often it comes up. People, communication, and teamwork in some type of order, uh, and it's easy to say, right? It's easy to say, yeah, everyone just needs to get together and be a team and do a stuff. But it's very hard in reality to uh, uh, to do this. And it's and what I found is because uh, there's many people that have competing interests. Um, there's many people that want to do things one way, but on another, they like the way things are and then they don't want to change. So there's all these, these uh, um, adversities, right, uh, to, to change and to uh, um, efficiency and these major projects that, that can be very disruptive. Um, so... It sounds to me that uh, you had a, a really good, uh, not just internal IT team, not just internal Tillamook team, but all together, it looks like everything was working in your favor in there. Did that just land on your lap or, or uh, was there uh, some, uh, you know, or, or did you have a, a, have a say in how that happened because you use communication techniques? Yeah, yeah. I think um, to start with, I think the <clears throat> I think our company did a good job of making sure we had a, a good a good base of people in IT, in sales, in in customer service, in our warehouses <clears throat> before we you know before we started the transformation. And then um, during that project, we had a a pretty pretty keen focus on change management. We used Adcar. Um, that Proshi model of uh, Adcar to to make people aware of what we were doing, um, you know, kind of establish that desire from them, give them the information so they 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 knew what they were doing. I think I think if I'm you know truly honest, I think we did like many many IT projects or business projects that use technology. <clears throat> um, I think we could have spent more time training. But I think the effort that we put into the change management, at least there was awareness and there was support for what we were doing. So then once we went live, not all the ownership was in IT. I think, you know, that was spread out. So that kind of created the rally 
around the new systems to, you know, to, to operate our business. Does that answer your question? Yeah. And I also like <clears throat> how you mentioned that not all the onus basically is on IT. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for the business leaders li- listening here, I, I'm going to reiterate again how important it is uh, to effectively communicate strategy uh, and effectively communicate goals of a project, um, you know, to make sure and ensure it's it's success uh, moving forward, and it sounds like that's what happened. It sounds like you had good uh, uh, leadership um, that helped uh, communicate and push the goals for what was going to happen and and what the end game was, so people understood the change, right? And is that uh, if I hit hit on the head there? Yeah, yeah. And okay. we also and this is a little bit of a soapbox for me because I've done I've been well a part of one, and then I've done three of these where I've been in the middle of it or leading. Um, a transformation. And I, I don't think I would do one of these at a company if you didn't pull your best people from around, from around the business and put them on a team to implement a, a system this big. And we, you know, I'm, yep. I guess ERP is the best example, but that's what we did. Oh, it's and important. We had, yeah. Fully dedicated people to it. It wasn't, you know, just a part of their job. Um, Cause in the long run, you get it done a lot quicker. You don't save money by by uh, not doing that and, um, you know, bringing in people that may not know, know your business very well. <clears throat> uh, so we, you know, we backfilled positions where we needed to, to, to bring in those dedicated people. And, uh, and we were able to, to, to do it in, I think, 18 or nine, I think it was 19 months. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting. Uh, um, you know, you, you, you talked a lot about, you know, getting this, getting this team together and a lot of the pieces that you've had in, and, and told me about is about, working together, getting teams together and stuff. And one of the things I saw on your LinkedIn profile is that you had 74 endorsements for cross-functional team leadership. This is really uh, which, bad. I didn't even know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you do. If you look on your yeah. skills, right? If you look on your skills, mm-hmm. 74 endorsements on cross-functional team uh, leadership. And I would be remiss if I didn't uh, bring this up and make you talk about it, because I feel like we should talk about it. It's uh, <laughs> you seem to have a bunch of folks that think you're excellent at this. Right. So tell me why you think you, uh, you know, 74 people have endorsed you for cross-functional team leadership. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. I think I get back to the people I, I you know, I, I love technology. I do, but it's nothing without people using it. <laughs> um so, and I think a lot of the, a lot of the times the weight is on the technology, you know, more so than it is on the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of, I like to take the approach of putting the weight more on the people than the technology. So, um, you know, through some of the mentors I've had here at Tillamook and in the past, I, I, I try to be as great a communicator as I can try to get all the tech speak out of it. I like using analogies um, yes. when, when I... I am also a fan. I am also a fan yeah. of analogies. I love them. Uh, they really do help uh, bring that tech speak into something that uh, people can actually understand. It's not yeah, I mean, just yesterday, um, we were talking about our old ERP system, was, which was an on-prem system, and it was just really heavily customized, and we moved to a cloud system, and we can still customize that cloud system to kind of do what we need it to, but um, how, how do you describe that to somebody? And I, I describe it as... The old system was like a brick of clay and you could take it and you could mold it any way you wanted to. But 
you know, to get it, you know, to upgrade it, get it back to where it was nearly impossible, right? The new system is like Legos. So you can't change the brick, but you can build the bricks onto it um, and, and kind of make what you want. So, um, so that's, that's kind of an example of that. I think if you can, if I think if you, you can do that, people can kind of understand a little bit better um, that, that aren't, as, you know, as techie as maybe we are. So um, I, I think that's a good... Yeah, that's an excellent excellent analogy. I think it's a great a mm-hmm. uh, great way to help people understand that. And it and it's and it's funny when you think about it, right? Because as uh, technical as people think we are, and uh, and, and working through this, uh, you know, the first thing that uh, we have to really be good at is working and talking and communicating with people. Right. And it's the it's the basis of everything that you want to get done uh, with tech with technology, and I think a major reason to that is because technology, uh, you know, similar to uh, if we want to use analogy, similar to when I go take my car in to get it fixed, right? I know zero about cars, mm-hmm. and when I take my car in, and they go, "Well, your was," I'm like, I. I don't know, fix it. I don't know what to tell you, right? Like I can't, I can't help it. Um, but if I had a car guy or a car person sitting there saying, Hey, um, you know, this is what's wrong. And it's kind of like, and they give me an analogy. I'm going to be like, I understand that. I get it now. I can make my decision. So it's, it's, it's very, it really is all about how you communicate. Uh, and it's a, and it's probably a good test. And you probably are an excellent communicator already. I can see it. Um, and that's probably part, a good part of the reason why. Uh, you're uh, you're got seventy four people endorsing you. For it. Well, you're, never, you're never done learning how to do it too. So you're always trying to trying to improve because you, you never get it perfect. And our our transformation, by, you know, I'll communicate transplant. Apparently, it didn't go perfect. I mean, it was it was really challenging. Um, and uh, you know, we're we're on the other side of it and in a in a much better place now. But uh, but yeah, if we didn't have that communication and the people side of it kind of the people rallying around the systems and around the business to, to meet that demand. Um, yeah, it, it, I just, I think people first with how we, yeah. You know, it's amazing to me. You mentioned, uh, you know, it didn't go perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and rarely anything does. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, in in technology, uh, and, and any major, really major project that goes forward, you are going to have challenges and adversities and things you need to overcome. Uh, it doesn't mean that the project's not successful. It doesn't mean that, it, you know, it just means that something was unexpected and, and you know, you can plan, uh, but you can't plan for the, for the thing you don't know. All right. And, and eventually something's going to come up and it's going to, uh, you know, rear its ugly head and, and, and you're going to have to overcome that. You're going to have to challenge that. Let me ask you a, sec- a second if if you run into something that you don't know, right, or you run into something that you was unplanned, how how do you how do you uh, handle that? How do you grab it, uh, figure it out, and move forward from that, uh, and handle that those challenges uh, that you may not be even you might not even understand. Sure, sure. Well, I'll go to that help search engine that I'm, I'm going to start now first, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, that, that is, you know, one place you, you can go. But I, you know, I, I start talking to people, um, you know, whether it's in, in, in my network, 
um, of people that I've worked with in the past or partners or whatever, um, people inside the business to, to try and gain more knowledge, try to find people that are not knowledgeable about that thing I don't know. Um, that's one thing I don't have a problem admitting when I don't know something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. I'll get back to you is, is something I say a lot. <laughs> yeah. and that's, you know, let me stop yeah. there. I'm going <laughs> to repeat this for everyone. So they hear it. Um, uh, you know, for business leaders, it doesn't know everything <laughs> for, for our tech audience. It is okay. If you don't know everything or you can't yeah. it's impossible to know everything and that's why we have teams and that's why we have the help search engine <laughs> yep. to, get it, to get it done. Yep. And that's an important piece to it. It's okay to, to not know. Uh, you know, heck, I, I go through this podcast and, and I talk to people and I learn things all the time talking to them, right? This is a, a great way for me even to learn things that I, that I hadn't known. I know more about dairy than I know uh, I knew one hour ago, right? So uh, so we can take it from there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I only hit on a couple of things with the dairy that make it complex too. So there's, there's probably many others I'll think of after our conversation here. I was like, I should have said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how did you, uh, how did you get into the, to the dairy industry, uh, from a tech standpoint? Um, so I, um, I, I've always reported up through finance, um, which is kind of interesting. I, I, I don't know if I'm in a minority there or not in IT, but um, the CFO at Tillamook was a, a CFO that I reported to at Warren Industries. So we had always stayed in touch. Um, and I, I spent about five years at Leatherman Tool Group and she contacted me and said, hey, we have an opening. And it sounded like a new and exciting, exciting challenges. It was a t- really tough decision. I love Leatherman. I still do. But, um, but uh, that, that's how I got into it. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty big learning curve, um, getting into that industry. I mean, just like food and beverage, I think in general is, is pretty complex. You know, you, you got these products that don't sit on a shelf forever and, you know, you you know, a winch or a Leatherman tool can sit, sit on a, you know, on a warehouse, uh, shelf for, for a year and then you sell it and it's the same product, Not, not the case, with, uh, with cheese and ice cream, especially our cheese that ages and then turn, kind of turns into a different product, right? Cheddar goes to sharp cheddar. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you leave, <laughs> and if you leave milk on the counter, certainly it's going to be a different product in about an hour or so. Yeah. So, uh, um, quick question, uh, you know, based on that, you had mentioned, um, about your, um, you know, uh, about this, you know, reporting into the uh, CFO. Um, and I, and I had seen that, you know, I personally, I've done it before too. I've, mm-hmm. I've reported that, you know, it's not always the C I've reported in the CEO, the C uh, CFO, CIO, name it. It's just, they keep adding, you know, keeps adding and adding in. Um, so I've had a, a whole different variety. Um, one thing I found interesting, and maybe we can get into this is that when you report into a CFO, or if you have a close, um, uh, you know, uh, close dialogue, continuous talks and chats with a CFO, um, one of the great things that can happen is uh, an understanding of the financial structure and the fin- and the way they do finance and uh, the way that you do your um, purchases, your um, subscriptions, uh, how you handle 
uh, certain items, how to reduce costs, all that stuff starts to come to the forefront. And, uh, and you can find a lot of uh, synergies that way and, and help reduce costs without, you know, sacrificing, uh, um, you know, technology and or um, processes and stuff in the company that are extremely important. Um, I've noticed this. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I have. And, um, you know, especially when you have a CFO that understands technology too. Um, it's also not bad to have the, you know, that, that, that uh, executive leader that kind of is managing the finances for the whole company, really understanding your area and your budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so there's less questions uh, about some of that too. So that, 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 I'd say I've had that experience also. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, there was a, um, back when I was a, uh, I was on this podcast as a guest, right? Um, uh, we had a conversation about IT and not treating it as a cost center, but instead uh, treating it as a uh, partner to help reduce costs and drive change within the company. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I, I, you know, I believe strongly in uh, is that it is using the IT department in that function to help drive change and help and help reduce costs. Um, it sounds like you, you've done a little bit of that or a lot of it, really, mm-hmm. um, at, at least at Tillamook. And I'm probably sure you've done it in, in prior, uh, prior spots. But uh, at Tillamook, uh, have, since you're in your reporting into the CFO at Tillamook? Uh, correct. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, That's the... so tell me a little bit about that and, and ways that you, uh, you don't have to get super specific, but ways that you found, you know, to kind of, you know, we got. I guess we got the drive change part with the tech transformation. Maybe the reduced uh, reduced cost piece. Yeah, um, I think at Tillamook we're just kind of starting to get into that right now. With the with the with starting to see some uh, cost reductions. Although, you know, the metric I've always kind of used has been that kind of standard one, like your your IT um, budget as a percentage of your revenue. Right. And um, we're starting to see that decline right now. Um, where it was, I'd say it was kind of steady. It might have ticked up a little bit right after our transformation, mm-hmm. but um, but uh, but now we're seeing that uh, start to. Decline decline as our as our revenue goes up yeah so that's kind of a macro look at it but yeah no no that's a great look at it in fact you know anywhere between 1.5 and 3 percent is usually around the area of which your um uh, your budget would be for an it company sorry for sorry it in a in a a company but it can vary depending on the industry right and it can also vary depending on whether or not You've got uh, projects in place, and if you're doing um, a, a internal coding uh, for a proprietary application rather than grabbing it from a third party, that can also vary too. So there's some some interesting uh, uh, variants there, but yeah, that's a great way to start and and great way to track uh, yeah. whether or not that that's the case. And uh, uh, good good point and. You know, you can, and there's two parts to the equation, right? You can reduce costs, but you can also drive change. And then, uh, and it may be that you need an investment uh, uh, initially to drive change that will re- that you can prove will reduce uh, cost in the future uh, by efficiencies and all, and all those uh, certain items. Um, I, I was also interested in this automation because you had kind of mentioned that, uh, you know, um, you mentioned automation, mentioned different pieces of it. And I was interested to hear some of these examples uh, uh, of automation in dairy, right? 
Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I can go kind of at the, you know, at the plant level, we're, we're pretty heavily, heavily automated with, uh, you know, pro- programmable, programmable logic computers, um, that, uh, that we use to, to control some of the, the equipment that we have out on the plant to, to make our products. Um, and, uh, you know, one of our big wins from our transformation was, is, a uh, is, a uh, we really demarcated our plants from the ERP system. So there, there really isn't any dependency on the ERP system, at least for a, a, a certain period of time for our plants to run, which is great. So there's, there's, fair bit of automation there with uh, our production orders and that kind of thing. So let me ask you about that. So mm-hmm. is the, is the idea there that if you decoupled the uh, ERP from the plant, if the ERP experienced a problem, the plants could keep moving? Correct. That, and we knew that we would have like uh, that our vendor would have maintenance on the ERP system mm-hmm. and we're 24 seven. I mean, the other unique thing about dairy that a lot of people may not think about is you can't turn a cow off. So the raw material is coming in all the time on Christmas, um, any other day of the year, 24 seven. So, you know, our systems really can't stop. So, um, so that was a, a lot of the base of it. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you yeah. know, that could be your slogan for the help uh, search engine. You can't turn a cow yeah. off. So why would you turn a search engine off? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of my favorite quotes. Uh, so far, you can't turn a cow off. I, if somebody could it. invent a way to to turn a cow off, you would be a billionaire. <laughs> there's no there's no pause yeah. button on yep. it. Uh, so a lot of automation coming at the plant level. Uh, a lot of autom. You know, you know. It's funny. The other day, I saw a commercial uh, with a uh, a milk person delivering milk, right? And I thought to myself. Do we still have that? Is, is that still a thing? Like, do people get milk <laughs> delivered? Uh, except for yeah. like the, uh, you know, the uh, in, instant grocery cart uh, shoppers and stuff. But um, but I guess that's my question. Uh, how do you get stuff that uh, can spoil so quickly uh, <laughs> from point A to point B uh, as quick as possible? Yeah, it's... Uh... I, that's, that's, that's always a challenge, but gosh, I hate to be repetitive. I go back to our people. We have really good controls, um, from the time that the product's made to the time it goes into a a shrink wrap and it gets put into our warehouse, put on a truck. Um, it's a, it's a very controlled environment by, by, by our people and then our partners. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and to answer your question, we actually, my family, we get milk delivered Alpenrose here in the Northwest does deliveries right to your door. Um, and we've even ordered some of our Tillamook products and they deliver that to yogurt. <laughs> I, so you, you answered my question there, there still is milk delivery, uh, to this day. I, uh, I didn't know that existed. I might look into the milk delivery now. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> No, that's no, that's great. I mean, I, I think, think it kind of, I think it kind of came out of the pandemic too. I think uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for sure, but uh, I'm not sure that's if that's when they started delivering again. But we've, we've, we're still doing it. So every Thursday, yeah. I, I know that I no longer go into a store and 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 go to try and uh, um, find all my products and and then check out. I I will put it on an app and and walk, uh, park the car and they deliver it right out <laughs> to me. And then I drive back. Right. So, yes. um, I, I know that, uh, uh, 
I know the pandemic shifted and changed a lot of a lot of those dynamics. So it's interesting to see how that how that's uh, coming up after the fact. Um, and I know that uh, um, the pandemic changed a lot of the way that the supply chain worked, and and we still have a lot of that uh, in flux and changing. Um, there was a several companies uh, that I had a pleasure to work with, uh, kind of in. I, I guess mid-pandemic mode, um, and they were, you know, trucking companies and and uh, um, uh, different companies that supported the logistics and, and uh, supply chain, and, uh, and 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 they were just slammed. They they were just slammed. They uh, had no time to talk. <laughs> you know, were in constant, uh, you know, ah mode to try and and meet the demand, and uh, were hiring hiring like crazy. Um, so I can imagine, uh, even at Tillamook, I can probably imagine that you guys probably had to go through, uh, a, a lot of, um, uh, hi- additional hires and uh, as well. Right. And, uh, and onboard a bunch of people, uh, during this process. Is that, uh, is that fair to say? Yeah. I don't know if we had like, uh, a bunch of people that we had to onboard. Um, but I can tell you that, uh, I tell um, starting with the pan, that, that pandemic year of, of 2020 and even until now, it is it's really it's a tough market to find um, to find people. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we've definitely seen the that duration it takes to to recruit and onboard has increased. Um, and I'm sure everybody who's listening has, has been dealing with that, not just in IT. Mm-hmm. You. Sh- yeah, you should have conversations with the recruiters. They're uh, they're also yeah. <laughs> uh, about uh, fried out. I think I, uh, I had several conversations, and it's just always this exasperated. Oh yeah, no, it's been a it's been a tough one. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, let's talk about real quick about about hiring and 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 hiring good people. You've mentioned a lot about how people are a huge key to success. Uh, mm-hmm. The right people, the right attitudes, the right culture, that kind of. Uh, that kind of thing. Let's talk about hiring uh, people and hiring the right. I, let's and let's just do IT people. Hiring the right IT people to make sure that you're uh, successful. I and mean, when you go to hire, what are you looking for? Because you know, I know that when I when I hire folks, I don't necessarily look for the people that uh, are you know uh, the the you know uh, geniuses about certain items. Um, Sometimes I'll look for people that um, I know uh, uh, have the capability to learn quickly and adapt, and, and that's kind of that's kind of my thing. But I, I'm interested to hear yours. Yeah, I I would say we're we're really culture first here mm-hmm. at Tillamook. Got a strong culture, and but it also kind of depends on the on the position. I mean, if it's a I guess there's not too many of these in our department anymore where it's like really back end, really highly technical. That that's a different, that's probably a different approach than yeah. if it's somebody that's working with different uh, people from around the, around, the, around our business. But I think we're culture first um, with, with, with our hiring um, and uh, you know, communications and that people side is, is next. And to your point that you just made, if we have to, if we have to do some teaching and coaching on the technical side, I, I think we'd rather do that than than hire somebody that's really highly technical but just that doesn't have the people skills because they're going to struggle. They would struggle here. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Now, listen, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. If I can, yeah. if I can get both, I will. <laughs> right? uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's, that's a good, it's a good point. Um, you know, I, I would love to uh, kind of move, move into the, uh, um, you know, a, a new segment I, I started, which was uh, um, the IT crystal ball, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea with the IT crystal ball is that we kind of get to um, peek into what we think the future may hold uh, in IT so that we as uh, IT professionals can start to wrap our heads around uh, where we should start putting our, um, uh, you know, our attention and at least and at least focus on those items so we, we understand them as they come up. There is so much we could talk about uh, with, with this. Um, but since you've been through automation, that's where I want to go. I want to go, what is the, for our IT crystal ball, what is the future of automation? Yeah, we kind of, we've kind of had a motto here, you know, auto, automate always in all ways. And, uh, you know, we're, we're nowhere near where we want to be. I mean, we're, we're coming up on three years removed from some of these new systems. So there's a lot of opportunity we have for, for automation. But um, that one of the things that really comes to mind for me, and I, this don't, not to go down a rabbit hole is this whole, um, you know, blockchain, Web3 technology, you know, we're, we're having a lot of conversations about that um, and what that's going to mean for, for our business, for the people that consume our products um, and, you know, how we, how we approach um, entry into that. Um, so that's one thing that comes to mind. The second so wait, thing. So really, let's, let's, let's yeah. explore that real quick yeah. before you move on. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, let's talk about blockchain for a minute. And if you can give Use your fun little analogies, right? <laughs> and uh, give our listeners just a quick uh, uh, what is about blockchain. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm probably not the best person to describe it, but the analogy that I've used here here inside our company, I go back to, I already mentioned Napster. It's kind of like that. It's, uh, you know, how that back in the day when you could share music, there wasn't a server that that music was on. It was just distributed across the network. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there wasn't just one copy of it sitting on a, on one, you know, one computer. <laughs> it was kind of nebulous. Um, so I, you know, blockchain's similar, um, you know, that, that, that uh, public or private ledger that, uh, that has a, a, a copy of whatever data you're putting on it, but it's, uh, you know, it's distributed, encrypted, that kind of thing. But I, you know, to me, it functions a lot like Napster function. Um, again, back in back in the day, <laughs> um, maybe I'm off with that. But, I, I, I like I like how you've tied it back to the, yeah, the yeah. access <laughs> memory. That, that's yeah. actually really nice. I think, yeah. So what um, uh, what are the concerns, uh, and uh, if not concerns, also the um, advantages uh, that may uh, come across uh, with the emergence of blockchain? Yeah, I you know most of the discussions and kind of kind of where I'm at on it right now is we're 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 kind of staying close to close to it right now and, and the progress of it, but um, it, it really from my standpoint, I haven't seen where where we've just had this like 100. Okay, here's the value it's going to add based on the consumer, right? So um, so I you know I think you know. I, I don't I wouldn't say this is Tillamook's approach, but my you know my my suggested approach is we've got to be really close with our customers out there, our grocery retailers, because they're close to the consumers. And it's my belief that the consumer, if there's an unlock for them with blockchain, 
and that's going to make it explode, right? That, that, that's going to bring everybody into it. And I don't know that we've seen that yet. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we have. If we have, um, anybody that's uh, listening to this, message me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we will. And, and just for our yeah. listeners, uh, like we do always, we will post uh, Travis's um, information so that if you do need to um, get a hold of him and, and chat with him, uh, you most certainly can. Yeah, I think people. I think people that are wanting to know where their food comes from that that need is building, 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 and blockchain fits that really well. Um, and you know that's that's the other discussion we've had here. I didn't want to miss that point too. No, no, let's talk about that. But it's an interesting yeah. point. Tell me about how blockchain can uh, uh, make me understand where my food comes from. Well, I mean, you know, with with the food and beverages industry, traceability exists today. We have traceability. Mm-hmm. But I think it just kind of up levels that uh, ability to 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 have that uh, to have that function a, a lot better. Because um, if you have all these partners, and like I said, well, we have co-manufacturers, we have three PLs, we have the product. You know, we have product we make in our plants. If it is all getting uh, you know stored in a ledger, that gives you the the data that you need to to tell somebody where where their food's coming from. I know that's kind of a high level description, but um, but you know, it's probably more complicated than the way I'm describing it. <laughs> it's always more complicated, uh, but we have to describe it so that it makes sense. So don't, don't right. worry. You're, uh, um, it's it's better to to start off one way, and then we can dive into the details if we need to. Um, I think that that's a great uh, um, a, a great look at it. There there is a lot of possibility there, and you know, my concern uh, with that and and is you know. Is it the Betamax or is it the VHS? I, it, that's a great. There, you have a great analogy there because that's that's where that's where I'm at. I just I don't. You know, it's kind of one of these things where we just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Is this? You know, are are we having conversations that companies had back in the early '90s about the internet? Yeah. You know, I I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And then on top of that, too, if you know, people are going to have to understand the technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, to understand how to harness it and use it correctly. And, and I, I don't, I, I'll admit, I don't understand it, uh, you know, 100%. You know, I'm, I'm still kind of, kind of in the beginning phases of, you of and me both. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Tra- Travis, uh, thank you, uh, very much, uh, for coming on, uh, nerds. This it's, it's Michael Moore. And I've been talking here with Travis Pierce. He's the director of information technology at Tillamook County Creamery uh, Association. Um, uh, this has been, uh, dissecting popular IT nerds. Travis, thank you so much, uh, for joining us and, uh, and, pe- and speaking with us today. Really appreciate it and appreciate all the analogies and insight and, uh, look forward to your new, uh, search engine help. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. It was my pleasure. Thanks.